return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Here tonight, uh, we have giving station at the back and baskets as well if you'd like to give. Tomorrow night is fire starters at 7 o'clock for our college students. Uh, Wednesday is prayer here at the Tabernacle at 12 o'clock, and uh, that's always a great time just to come and pray and, and join our faith together. Uh, when the 120 were in the upper room, it says they were all in one accord. They all had one purpose, one mission, one goal, and that's what we want to do here. Amen. Um, not just in this church, but uh, I'd love to see churches from the community get, like, like get together. Amen. And, and so uh, being on the Brookings Ministerial and going to meetings and different things is fun because I get to uh, get to know some other pastors and leaders in the community. So that's really that's really cool. But we want to join our faith, Amen. 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 We want to we want to get together for what God's doing here in Brookings in this church, in this community. Hallelujah. And then Wednesday night, Peter Shore is going to be ministering, I believe. Hallelujah. Um, so that's going to be good. Come on out Wednesday night, seven o'clock, for a great word from Peter. Um, you're going to be blessed. And then Thursday, ladies' Bible study at 10.30 as well. And so that's just for ladies. Amen. I told Albert he couldn't. He wanted to come last week. He couldn't be. And uh, I was afloat. And what happens when we're not on the ground? The waves and the sea sways, right? So I remember the first day we were there. We were worshiping in our main session at night. And I was going like this, Okay. And then when I came back, I was doing the same thing here, only I'd go a little too far because I was so used to the waves going back and forth. Um, but I was swaying, and it's really uh, an amazing, <laughs> it's nothing quite like it, uh, being on a boat, knowing that there's no other lifelines anywhere. I mean, you're, the only thing that keeps you from the sea is the boat, and uh, you can't swim to shore or anything like that. Uh, you know, so you really, you know, talk about faith. Uh, having faith, trusting in the Lord for everything to go well. Amen. But I want to talk about staying grounded uh, today, tonight. And I think it's so important, especially in these last days, that we don't depart from the Word of God. Amen? Can we, can we agree on that? That it's important all the time, but especially in these last days, that we don't depart from God's Word. It's easy to get caught up in signs and wonders and prophecies and different things. And those are great, but sometimes what we don't do is we don't test them against the Word of God, right? So we, we see a prophecy or we see a sign, um, and it might be great, and it might start out God-filled, and as we keep testing against the Word, amen, sometimes it turns out to be um, not as great. I don't remember if anybody remembers what the Bible with the oil leaking out of it. Anybody remember that uh, sign that happened a couple of years ago? And... Uh, and you know, started out as this miraculous thing, and then it turned out later on that he had there was receipts and different things. He went to a local store and kept buying oil to put it on the Bible to make it seem like it was continued to pour out the oil. 
and uh, not saying that it didn't start out as as a miracle um, from the Lord, but obviously didn't end that way. He wanted to continue to keep on the facade that it was continuing to pour out oil from this Bible. And, you know, it just got me to thinking that that there's all these things that happen in the world, not just the United States, all over the world, where there's signs and wonders and miracles. And uh, But the only way we know if it's genuine and legitimate is if we discern it, if we test the spirit of it. Amen? If we continue to seek the Lord and we continue to rely on Him to give us wisdom and guidance in that. 1 John 4.1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And so Pastor Davis talked about that, right? He talked about this morning a little bit, how we want to test the spirits, um, and we want to see, okay, is this of God, is this not? And we always want to make it our practice to put anything we hear up against the Bible, right? So anything we hear, we put it against the Bible. If it doesn't bear witness, then we want to throw it out. All of us here can hear from the Holy Spirit. Amen? Not just the pastor, or not just speakers, but everybody can hear from the Holy Spirit. Right? And, and so, when we, when we see something and we, it doesn't bear witness with our spirit, we can trust the Holy Spirit in us to make that discernment. Just because even a Christian says it doesn't mean that it's right. We all make mistakes. We live in a fallen world. There might be something that I say... That my intentions are good, and I believe I've stated it out, but if that doesn't bear witness, amen, then, then we want to we test it, you know, test it against the word. Come up to me and, you know, I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind somebody saying, hey, you know, what did you mean by that, you know, could you show me in the scriptures? Okay, I, 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 I want to be held accountable, amen, because we're all, we're all held accountable, amen. Even when we go into the world and we're, when we're witnessing, we're held accountable for the things that we say. <clears throat> okay, and so if I can't take um, that accountability, well, that's not good. We always want to be accountable for the things that we say. 1 Corinthians 14.32 said that the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So even if somebody, when somebody prophesies, we have to realize that, that sometimes emotions can get involved. Sometimes our own opinions or our way of thinking can get involved. Pastor Dave's talked about um, people prophesying through an Old Testament filter, pronouncing judgment and different things um, on the world. I remember when uh, Hurricane Katrina came through, and there was a lot of people that were saying, well, it's because of Mardi Gras, and it's because of all the things happening in there. God's pouring out his judgment on New Orleans, and you just don't see that in the Bible. And Pastor Dave again talked about this morning, uh, James and John asking whether or not they should call down thunder from heaven like Elijah did, or fire from heaven, to consume that city. And he said, you don't know what spirit you're of. Okay, so we know from the scriptures even that, that he doesn't do that in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, Israel had enemies, right? There was enemies that were against God. And, and, and according to the law, there were rules and regulations of how to deal with enemies of God. And now when Jesus died on the cross for us and shed his blood for us, the way that we only have one enemy, right? We only have one enemy, and that's Satan. Okay, so people aren't our enemies anymore. I know the Bible says we want to love our enemies, okay? But really what it's talking about is people maybe perceive you as their enemies, right? 
love the ones that perceive you as enemies. I don't really, I don't really believe in, according to the scripture, that I should have an enemy who is a person. Okay? There are people that are against me that don't like me. Um, maybe, maybe I'm, I struggle with them as well. But I don't want to see them as my enemy. Right? We want to love people who don't like us, right? But in the New Testament, our enemy is Satan. Our enemy is the devil. Amen? So all the things that, when the Bible talks about, um, you know, in the Old Testament, destroying the enemy and different things that Israel had to do against the people that were against them, I believe that's a type and shadow in the New Testament of Satan, right? We destroy the works of Satan. We cast down every argument that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And so, spirit, again, spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. So, again, we all miss it. If someone says they don't miss God ever, they're either lying or they're going to eventually miss God because the Bible says pride comes before a fall. Okay? So, even if we say, I never miss it, what are we doing? We're being, there's, there's pride there, right? We want to put on humility. I read a book by Rick Joyner called uh, The Vision, um, I think it was called The Vision, or maybe it was The Quest, I can't remember, but he was talking, he gave a, the Lord gave him a dream, an illustration of just kind of the last days and Christians and the enemy and different things, and uh, in one part of the Bible, uh, the Christians had seen the glory of God, they were just shining, just radiant, just beams of light coming out of them, and they see the enemy from afar, and, uh, and they, they just start charging after the enemy. They're like, we got this, we can do it. And because their armor was so bright and it was shiny, they couldn't see. And so the enemy flanked them from behind and, and attacked them and they were defeated. The next time they were going to do that, the Lord gave them this drab old cloak. And it was called the cloak of humility. But once they put it on over their armor, all the strength and everything was still there, but they could see clearly to discern and to, and to go where God had called them to go. Right? And so, it was a great book. I mean, it, it really illustrated really well of how we need to fight, and how we fight as Christians is with humility. Amen? We fight not with pride, but with humility. So if a prophecy makes you upset, confused, angry, worried, or anything else that's contrary to how the Bible says you should feel, throw it out. Right? If it makes you feel any way other than what the Bible says you should feel, or how the Lord says you should feel, throw it out. I don't care if it's Pastor Dave, I don't care if it's me. Okay? Throw it out. We, I'm, I make mistakes. Right? I make mistakes. I've had people come up to me after services and say, hey, I don't, I don't agree with that. Now, do I always think that um, I'm wrong? I don't always think I'm wrong. I certainly can. Ask my, ask my family. I can be wrong. Right? But what's important is that we come to it with a spirit of humility. Amen? And that's how we stay grounded on the Word, too. When we, when we don't go and... You know, what, really what pride does is it puts you out on a limb by yourself. Okay, so if I'm prideful and I think I can do everything just according to my own power, I'm putting myself on a limb and it's going to be easier for me to fall. But if I have humility and I stand on the rock and I say, and I say, Lord, I know, you know, that was an awesome service or that was an awesome word or whatever, but I know that you get the credit for it and I'm your servant and I want you to get all the glory for this. What does it do? It keeps us on the rock keeps us on the foundation. <clears throat> Amen. Galatians 1.6 <clears throat> Paul says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who has called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but, or, which is 
uh, not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said therefore before, and so I now say it again, if anyone preaches another gospel to you than what we have received than what you have received, let him be accursed. So he's even saying, even if we come to you and we preach another gospel to you aside from what we've already preached and it doesn't line up with that, um, we'll, be, we'll be accursed. Right? Line up with the Word of God. What does it do? What is it? It's accountability. We have accountability. So it's important, again, to test what people say, even if you've heard from them for years. Okay? I mean, there's ministers that have been in the ministry for 30, 40 years and have had, had great messages, sound doctrine for years, and then somewhere along the way maybe get off in different things. Okay? So don't, we don't put our faith in any one person. Okay? I don't put my faith in Pastor Dave. I don't put my faith in any televangelist that I listen to. I put my faith in the Word of God. Okay? And as long as pastors and teachers and evangelists and prophets, as long as they continue to teach the Word of God, then I'm going to continue to put my faith in the Word of God and know that the Word that they're giving is good. But that's why every time I hear a message, I want to discern, I want to test it against what the Word says. And I want to say, okay, does this line up still with the Word? Does this line up with what I've heard before? Does this line up? Does this resonate with the Spirit inside of me? The Bible says when we're Christians that the Holy Spirit is a guarantee that we are children of God. There's this guarantee when we become born again that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Amen. And also the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will bring back remembrance to you things that were said from Jesus in his word. Right? So if we continue to test the scriptures, or not test the scriptures, if we continue to test the messages that we hear, amen, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. The world changes and so do people. We still want to listen to spiritual leaders, but we need to know the reason for our spiritual leaders. I think you have a lot of, there's a lot of leaders even right now, that are maybe chasing rabbit trails and, and saying different things that um, there's not a lot of scripture behind it. There's not a lot of word behind it. Okay? But there's a reason for pastors, evangelists, prophets, and etc. Let's go to Ephesians 4.11. Ephesians 4.11 says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And the reason for these people is for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Amen. For the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. So when we look at this verse, there's a couple of topics, there's a couple of things that he covers, that that, uh, Paul covers in this passage. First, it talks about the responsibilities of the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And because he gives these responsibilities, the the rest of us should see this with whomever we listen to, from any pulpit, from the TV, from here, from the radio, wherever you listen, from Facebook, we want to, again, what, what are they doing? What is the responsibility of a pastor, a teacher, a prophet, evangelist, 
And what is being said? What are we, what are we hearing, right? And so, the first thing that it talks about is that, you know, a word from anybody should help you be ready for your ministry work. Amen? So our daily ministry work, that's one of the first things that, that, um, we're, that I'm called to do, Pastor Dave's called to do. Other than the church that speak, are called to do, amen. Two, it should edify the body of Christ. Pastor Dave was talking about prophecies and different things um, this morning, and, and, and people, you know, people who prophesy judgment and different things. Well, as a pastor, I want to edify the body of Christ. I want to build up the body of Christ. Amen. I don't want to tear down. I want to build up the body of Christ. It should work towards the unity of the faith and increase our knowledge in Him. Amen. And the last thing, it should help us see Jesus in ourselves. So those are four, you know, there's other, there's other responsibilities of people. I mean, you know, uh, being an associate pastor, I have other responsibilities. I'm custodian, I do different things behind the scenes. But when it comes to pulpit ministry, these are four things that I really want to do. These are four things that I feel like I'm called to do. And it's my responsibility um, being in this situation, in this, in this um, position, right? So it should be ready, help us be ready for the ministry, edify the body of Christ, work towards the unity of the faith, and help us see Jesus in ourselves. Because we have the mind of Christ. We've been uh, told that we want to imitate Christ as well. That it's not I who live, but he who lives through me. Amen. And then second, the verse tells us what to do about ourselves. Okay. So the first thing it tells us to do about ourselves is don't be spiritually immature. Thinking whatever we hear from whomever we hear is right. That's immaturity, right? Thinking that just because somebody says they're a prophet or just because somebody says they're a Christian that we immediately go and we, and we follow whatever is said. Second thing is be mindful of the enemy using people will try to trick us with deceiving words. Right? Third, speak the truth to people but with love. I mean, we want to speak the truth. Truth is important, isn't it? Truth is important. We want to speak it with love. We want to speak it, and when somebody hears it, maybe it might step on their toes, but they know that we're doing it out of love, that we love them. Amen. And then the fourth thing, we want to grow up, be spiritually sound and mature. And we do these things by not just believing what we hear, but by discerning what we hear. Amen. We want to discern the things that we hear. The only way we know we're growing in Christ is the ability to discern. Hebrews 5.12-14 through 14 says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Amen. So when, when we get to a point where we're done with the milk and we're ready for the solid food, that means that we can hear something and we can discern, okay, is that of the Lord? Or is that just somebody talking? Right? When we're discerning, we may hear something and be able to tell right away that, oh, that's not of God. Kenneth Hagin used to say that we need to be as smart as an old horse. We need to eat the hay and spit out the sticks. Amen. Pastor Dave uses, you know, we want to... We Eat and pick out the bones, right? What is it talking about? All it's talking about is being discerning, having discernment 
of what we hear. And all of this helps us build our firm foundation on the Word of God. So how does a, how does a tree get stronger? Well, the roots, right? The longer the tree's in the ground, the more the roots take hold of the earth. And if I try to pull a little tree out that I just planted and the roots haven't connected yet, it's going to be a lot easier to pull a tree out than if I've waited a week or two weeks or four weeks or a year. After a year, I don't think I could probably pull a tree out of the ground because what happens? The roots take hold of the earth. The roots grow and they, and they get firmer in, in the earth. It's like if you have a big gust of wind, if you just put a tree in and you have a huge wind storm, that tree's going to what? It's going to fall over. It's going to break. But after a while, after the strength gets in the roots and it gets bigger, well, that wind's not really going to have as much effect on it as when we first planted it, right? When we're grounded in the Word, it's the same thing. We won't be easily swayed. By the wind, we're not going to be plucked up by the roots if we continue steadfast in the word. Specifically, we want to stay rooted in three general things, faith, hope, and love. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, Now abide in faith, and now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Amen. Those are the things that stay steady. Those are the things that continue on after everything else. It says, it says um, at some point, there will be no need for prophecy. Prophecy will go away. Tongues will go away. Right? The Bible says that his word will never pass away. His word will always remain steady. Amen. So, you know, if we if we put ourselves on something that always remains, amen, then there's no chance that it's going to move or change or falter, right? I just uh I was going scrolling through Facebook the other day and um there was a turtle that they took a picture of like of in like 18 80 something and it's still alive today 2022 they took another picture same turtle and i thought wow i mean he's like 168 years old total is what they said he was born like 1838 and i thought you know that the word of god lasts longer than that (laughs) amen the word's been the word from the beginning in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god amen so when we stand on the word we're standing on something that is never moving, never changing, always there for you. Ephesians 3.14 talks about, talks about this love. It says, For this reason I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell on your heart through faith. And I love this, that you being rooted and grounded in love. What's the gospel? It's the good news of Jesus Christ. What's the center of the good news of Jesus Christ? It's love. Amen? I want to be rooted and grounded in love. Hallelujah. Go to the next verse, 18. May be able to comprehend. So us being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. If you want more revelation of the Word of God, if you want more revelation and a deeper revelation of how his love for you, stay rooted in love. Stay grounded in love. To know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. Stay in his love. Amen. So we can comprehend, we can fully know Christ's love for us. Hallelujah. As Pastor Dave said this morning, if you're going to listen to prophecies, make sure they line up with the love of God that aligns with the New Testament. Amen. 
but they align with the New Testament. They align with what Jesus is doing in our hearts right now. That he deals with us individually. I'm so glad that he doesn't take all my garbage and throw it out so everybody can see it. He deals with me individually, amen? He deals with me personally. And it's up to me to change. Colossians 1, 20, 21 talks about faith and hope. And you once who were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast. Stay grounded in faith of Jesus Christ. Amen. And are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven of which, Pi, of which I, Paul, became a minister. So we want to stay grounded in faith. We don't want to be moved away from the hope of his calling. Amen. And this hope that I'm talking about, we have, a, we have a hope, which is a confident, you know, that word hope is a confident expectation. Amen. It's not just a wishful thinking, but a hope, a confident expectation that Jesus Christ is coming again soon. Amen. And that we're going to reap the benefits of Jesus dying on the cross. We already have. Amen. We've already, we've already experienced blessings and, and fullness of him. But I tell you what, there's, not, there's going to be nothing like, you know, this life, is the Bible says, a vapor. There's nothing like eternity. Amen. I've never seen it, but I can confidently say there's nothing like eternity with Jesus. So we want to stay grounded in faith, hope, and love. It's like a, <clears throat> and maybe some of you are electrical experts, and you're like, ah, oh, it's not exact, exactly how it goes, but this is my best uh, try. It's like a grounding rod, okay? A grounding wire. It was, I was looking at the youth of a grounding rod and, uh, and found out how important it is for a house. I'm not, I'm not an electrician, so I didn't know. And the grounding rod is connected to the electrical panel of the house. And, and so this is what I found out if we didn't have a grounding rod. So through the grounding rod, the earth absorbs extra electro, electrical current safely, eliminating the threat of dangerous paths to the ground. If your outlet and electrical box are not properly grounded, appliances and electronics you are using could end up passing excess current through you. That's not good. Right? I want a grounding rod. I want the electrical current to pass through the grounding rod into the ground, not through me. Using your body as a means to complete the path to the negatively charged ground. In other words, you could be shocked or electrocuted. So when we're grounded to the word, any voice or prophecy or teaching that meets our ears, we automatically set it against the word. Amen? So we filter it. Instead of, instead of, instead of it taking us away, no, when we hear something, it automatically, our grounding rod to the ground is the Word of God, and it automatically goes through the Word of God. Amen? It doesn't go through my opinion or my personal beliefs, but no. Anything I, I hear, I want it to go through the Word. The Word of God. Amen? There's safety in being grounded, being grounded to the Word. Just like an electrical current goes to the ground, grounding rod and is absorbed by the earth, anything that we hear should be filtered through, absorbed through the Word of God. Amen? And if it doesn't line up, then we know that, ooh, this is a bad current. <laughs> we don't want this current here. Amen? We want to filter it through the Word of God. If our electrical box in our house is not properly grounded, then the current can't go straight to the ground. It could end up shocking someone, electrocuting somebody. If we're not grounded to the Word, then any voice we hear is not being filtered through the Word. So when that happens, Christians start to go after other doctrines, other things. And, you know, using this uh, example still, um, when we start doing that, we're going to get burned. Amen? 
when we start when we start going off with other waves of doctrine, we're going to get burned. So just like an electrical box should be grounded to the earth, we want to be grounded to the Word of God. The Bible talks about building our house on sand or on the rock. Amen. And the firm foundation, we want to build it on the, the Word, the firm foundation, the Gospel. Amen. Second Timothy 1.13 in the Amplified Classic says, Hold fast and follow the pattern of wholesome and sound teaching which you have heard from me in all the faith and love which are for us in Christ Jesus. Guard and keep with the greatest care the precious and excellent excellently adapted truth which has been entrusted to you by the help of the Holy Spirit who makes his home in us. Isn't that great? That he makes his home in us? That the word of God, this unshakable, unmovable word that the Holy Spirit has come and testified to, it makes his home in us? I love that. Amen. What does that mean? It means that we can always, you know, the Bible talks about abiding in the word. We can always abide in the word. Amen. There's safety. Again, there's safety in the Word. We can abide in the Word. And he said, hold fast to the sound teaching. Okay. If you've been around long enough, Kenneth Hagin said that if you've been around long enough, everything just repeats itself. So whatever it is, politics or different doctrines or whatever, just kind of repeat themselves. Right? But when we hold fast to the pattern of, the, and the, of wholesome and sound teaching, that, they, that we've heard from Jesus, that we've heard from the Word of God, amen, um, that the Holy Spirit, He makes us home in us and we can stay grounded, we can stay secure, we can be safe, amen. Don't let anyone who comes along make you question your ability to hear from the Holy Spirit. We're all children of the, of the Most High God. We can all hear from the Holy Spirit, amen. So if somebody comes with something and it doesn't bear witness in your spirit, um, and they say, no, you're wrong, I'm right. Say, no, I, I know the Holy Spirit too. I know the voice of the Holy Spirit. I've been walking with the Lord. I've been reading the Word. I can discern these things. Amen. We don't want to be um, run over by people. Love doesn't get run over, right? But we want to be strong when it comes to the Holy Spirit. We want to be strong when it comes to our convictions of the Word of God. If someone says something that doesn't agree with the word, don't be manipulated into believing it. Second Corinthians eleven three says, "But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness." You know, the devil doesn't just come at it direct and straight, does he? No, he's crafty. He's deceptive. He goes around the issue. He tells half truths. He's not going to just blatantly lie to you. He's going to tell a half truth. He's going to try to get you a little bit further. When Eve said, yeah, the Lord said that we can't eat it and we can't touch it, what happened? She didn't know the word. She didn't know what, she didn't know what God said. She, God just said you can't eat it. But she said, yeah, we, don't, we can't eat it, we can't touch it lest we die. And right there, Satan knew she doesn't know the word. And when he knows that we don't know the word, he's going to push the issue, he's going to push the subject even more. Yeah, unless somehow as a servant to see by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For he, for if he comes, who comes, preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you have received a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. You know, I really believe that the Holy Spirit wanted to tell us that, that there are things coming. I really do believe that. And even now in, in the world, um, things that, um, 
things of deception, uh, things that we can hear, and it sounds good, um, but it's not right. And we just want to make sure that we're ready. Amen. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant for um, the devil who is a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Who walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I don't want to be devoured by the devil. And how do we not be devoured by the devil? We stand on the word of God. We discern. We, every day we're in the word, we're saying, okay, Lord, what are you trying to tell me today? Because the first voice we need to be listening to is his, amen? Whenever we're in the word, we're listening to his voice. The Bible says that he is our shepherd and his sheep know, our, know his voice. Amen? So I want to know the voice of the Lord. For, he who, for if he who comes preaches unto Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. Amen? I don't want to put up with another gospel. I don't want to put up with something else that, that's being said um, that doesn't line up with what the Bible says. Like Pastor Dave again said this morning, there was an actual prophet who said, it was dan- a prophet who said it was dangerous to disagree with him because they might get leprosy. If you disagreed with them, there's a, you're going to get leprosy, basically is what he's saying. And, um, you know, I thought, how sad, because there's people that believe that, so they don't, they don't want to say anything because they're like, ah, I'm not sure, because they don't know that we're living under a new covenant, or they don't remember that we're living under a new covenant. Amen? And so when we see things, again, that doesn't even, you know, I, I would think that somebody who's not even a Christian, that would just be like kind of a red flag. <laughs> like, wait, leprosy. But the spirit of Antichrist is out in the world. Amen? He wants to deceive. He wants to do things. But praise the Lord, we have a God who we can plug into and we can be safe. Amen? And we can know who we are in Christ. And we can know what the Bible says about things. Hmm. We want to be praying for the truth of the word to come out. The truth of the gospel to come out. Amen. I just want the truth of God's love to come out. I had an article in, in the Thursday Register just talking about the love of God. Just wanting people to know that you might not like God. You might hate God. Somebody, might, somebody out there might hate God. Might hate the people that follow him. But Jesus still loves them, no matter what. Pastor David had a great message this morning on love. <laughs> but if we know the truth of the word, and we pray for others to know the truth of the word, and you know, if you have, if you have one person that can affect one person, and, and then those two can affect, affect two more, you know, it becomes a snowball. And what happens? The Lord continues to be back in our lives, in our kids' lives, in the community. Amen. But what does it take? It takes one step at a time. Hallelujah. I pray that people can know and understand the love of Christ that passes all knowledge, that he's for us and he's not against us, that he wants to work for the good in our lives. That's the simplicity of the gospel. Amen. That's the simplicity he wants to know. He wants us to know that, hey, Jesus loves you. He died on the cross for you. Amen. And when we know that, we understand that. Oh, I'm, wow, I'm out of time. Sorry. Um, when we understand that, okay, um, then we know that we're rooted and grounded in his love. Rooted and grounded in the word that he gave us. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, Father, we just thank you.
We thank you for loving us so much. Hallelujah. Never let us forget that. Never let, us be, never let it become familiar to us. Or that you love us so much, Jesus, that you died on the cross for our sins. That you rose from the dead. Hallelujah. You completed the whole cycle of what needed to happen for us to have eternal life with you, Jesus. And even right now, what I pray for those in this church, the congregation, those in the community, Lord, that they would have a, uh, an understanding, that they would have a, uh, an encounter with you to see your love. To see your love. Whether it's um, at this church or any other church here in Brookings, Lord, that they see your love. That they see the truth of who you are. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, I just pray that you help embolden us. That you that we are bold to go and proclaim your love, bold to go and complain, uh, proclaim your gospel, that we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it's the power of salvation to everybody who believes. In Jesus' name, we just give you praise and honor. Lord, I pray and, and just declare a blessing on everybody here that goes about their day this week, Lord, that they, give op- that they get opportunities to minister, to witness, Lord, that your spirit is with them, going with them into the supermarket, into their, into their jobs, into their activities, extracurriculars, Lord, into their school, everywhere they go, Lord, that you're with them and you're just pouring out of them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glad you're out here tonight. just want to say blessings to you and you are dismissed. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.